And if you haven't guessed, you're listening to Right On Radio. Of course, my name is Jeff. I'm joined by Jesse. Hello, hello. Jesse, I am so excited for today. This is a guest that, you know, since first learning about her, I've wanted her on the show for, well, it might even be as close to a year now, Jesse, as we've been doing this about a year now. That's right. And I remember you had originally told me about this guest and that she was coming out and saying some things and, you know, it spurred some memories in you. Uh, and so I just think that this is going to be incredible. And what we're going to hear today is her testimony and other things. And she's never really given it out on a platform like this. So I'm really humbled by God to have this opportunity to be with the two of you, uh, honestly. And I, I know it's more about our guest is Cisco Wheeler today, ladies and gentlemen. And it's going to be written in where her name is, but I really encourage you to support her uh, on her Patreon, patreon.com slash Cisco Wheeler. Uh, she has a lot of information up there. She's been putting stuff out. Uh, stuff that can't go on to regular platforms and and listen the bravery that uh, you know that Jesse has a patreon and thank you for supporting Jesse's uh, patreon as well but you know in in this day and age when this is a new tithe <laughs> what can I say it's a new sort of tithe supporting uh, shows like this and and people who uh, are the guests and the survivors of these shows so I strongly encourage you. And, and by the way, she's giving you value back. It's, it's you know, just like Jesse does, uh, you get value for, you know, for a couple bucks. So please do support her. And uh, Jesse, final words before I bring Cisco on? No, I, I'm really excited. And, you know, we just like to encourage people to listen. Um, you know, Cisco is able to fill in a lot of missing puzzle pieces and together our story really is a powerhouse of, you know, God taking two people who were bound in the darkness and, you know, bringing us out into the light, uh, not just out, but to be overcomers, to overcome the system, to, you know, lay all things bare and show people, you know, how the system was working and operating at its fullest extent. So this is really going to be a powerhouse interview. It is. Well, and without further ado. Hello. Greetings in Jesus' name. Greetings in Jesus' name. Cisco, thank you for joining Right On Radio today. Thank you for inviting me. Thank you, Jesse. Thank you, Jeff. And, and I really hope it's one of many because you have a, a big story to tell. There's a lot of things that are coming out and I think you really help put a map out there for us and how to defeat this darkness in many ways because you're exposing the inner workings of it and your bravery, it really needs to be commented on, commemorated. Thank you for doing what you do. Uh, Cisco, you know, this, this interview, because the time that you and Jesse can share together here and, you know, some of the things that'll come out, I think between you two will be extraordinary today. And this is not going to go up on fluff tube. So we could be free to say whatever we want to say, uh, in this particular interview, uh, but 
Cisco, you wanted to start out with your testimony. So I will just ask you, uh, tell us where this began and, and tell us what you want to say about your testimony. Yes. Uh, I'd like each and every one of you that are listening to this broadcast to open up your heart. And in my testimony, I want you to have a new vision as to how big God is, how much God loves each and every one of us. My journey started back when my mother was carrying me in her womb. I was born on March 15th. I was supposed to have been born in May 28th. But my, my, my father married my mother because my come from three generations of Pentecost. And my father wanted to use my mother to infiltrate the churches with what is known as the Kundalini magic, the false anointing. And my mother was a target for the Illuminati from the time that she was in high school because she had no father, her no father that took care of her. Her mother was 50% Cherokee, and uh, she was targeted because they were looking for children or young women that could be manipulated, and they saw a need in their life that they needed uh, to be accepted because their homes were broken. Um, her mother raised five children. Uh, my mother was born when... Um, my grandmother was 13 years old. And um, so you can only imagine how hard it was during the time of depression. It was The depression was really hard on everyone. And so it's really hard to tell it because I haven't really thought about it. I'm just laying it out as we're going. And so my mother had married at a young age. And um, when her first husband, uh, He was killed in, in World War II. He was on his way home after serving four years overseas on the front line. And on the way home to the airport, uh, he fell off of the Jeep, which was transporting him to the airport to return home, and he died. Well, that left my mother with a very deep, deep wound. She had just given birth to my oldest sister and her home had been so broken, her life had been so broken to lose the, the man of her dreams. She really loved her first husband. And uh, that was the time then that the Illuminati decided to send in my father to uphold her, to support her, to pick her up in her brokenness. And you'd have to know my father to understand the charisma that this man had. He was extremely handsome, 6'2", 165, 170 pounds, very educated, very learned, loved to dance. There wasn't too much he couldn't do. He was very, very well-rounded. And um, I just want you to realize that when they followed my mother and when my mother was targeted by the Illuminati, it had started in high school. 
-hmm. And uh, they had followed her progress. My mother was a straight A student and they wanted to use her wherever they could as a front for the Illuminati. They always need a front. My mother was a perfect front for them. You have any questions at this point, Jesse or Jeff? Did you want to bring out maybe some of um, the hidden underlying tones with your father? Um, you know, World War II had ended and with that, most Americans believed that um, the Nazis and the communists had been, um, you know, overcome. Mm -hmm. But want to maybe bring out some of those connections with your father and share like who he worked under and um, how he was connected with some of that? Well, my father was a grandmaster and uh, he was a very dark individual to say the least. Um, I have to be very careful what I say. I have 17 beautiful grandchildren and I want to be very careful. I don't want them to think about the sins of my father. I want them to see Jesus. And I have a hard time giving Satan any glory in anything I do or say. Um, That's okay. So we had... Um we could just say that with these connections that um, there were individuals in that party that your father had direct access to who yes. were part of this Illuminati system. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And, you know, because he had part of those connections that affected even his own personal life and mm -hmm. his life was not his own. Um, right. The, the system has a way of, you know, when people are are in the system, um, you know, they, they decide who you marry. They decide the lineage of your children. Mm -hmm. Genetics is very important to them. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of where you came in. Your, your mother was chosen specifically um, because of her genetics. And um, do you want to then go ahead to share about some of the things well, about your birth and everything yeah well my our genealogy on my father's side as far as the occult and within the witchcraft itself goes back 17 generations of the collins we were from the collins bloodline and the collins married into the wheelers and the wheelers married into the collins and we can go into a little bit of that as to uh, the DNA was very important. The human DNA came through the Wheeler side where we have a lot of vampirism within the Collins. And um, they married into the Wheeler family because of the bloodlines. Yeah, and more of the, the Collins was more of the barbarian uh, sect of the Illuminati. Right. Um, and do you want to, you know, we could just say like through my connection as well, um, there was Collins connections and, and those were the lines that were chosen kind of at the very top. So most, the, most of the people they chose from those families 
would be connected with you know those who ran the system the mothers of darkness the you know um satanic council or world council those that would be um you know at the higher levels running everything um so these are the family lines that we're speaking about and they kind of worked as boards of directors overseeing you know um the educational programming uh for the system overseeing um you know i guess ensuring that the system continue to run um yeah that's yes everything you've said is uh, true jesse but i'd like to go on to another go back to my birth if that's okay yeah because right um, um there was there was a moon ceremony that a moon ceremony that was done over my mother. She was put into a, a sleep deeper than a twilight sleep. Uh, and a moon ceremony was done to her while I was in her womb because they wanted to demonize the womb. They wanted to have me demonized before I was ever born. That's because within the demonology is how they set the foundation for uh the mind control and the internal structure of an internal world for all MK altars. They have their own internal world and it has to be based and the foundation has to be demonically contrived. <clears throat> so, and also the moon ceremony ceremony is so wicked. It's so evil. You're talking about the, the highest ranks within demonology. Uh, where those demons are attached because of the bloodlines that are attached to that child's spirit. And um, you don't get any higher as far as your ranks go within demonology for those spirits to be attached. Well, in that attachment, the, the child's mind is severed or broken or shattered uh, from that trauma. So that is classified as the first split. And from that first split, they create an internal world. Well, after the ceremony, and my mother was in a deep sleep, um, she woke up enough to know that I had been born. And uh, she reached down to get, to pull me to her chest. And... Um, the Lord came into the room and said to her, if you give me this child, I will spare her life. Wow. So with placenta intact, the umbilical cord had not been cut. She That's made herself to the foot of the bed and she gave me to the Lord. Cisco, you would how how many months were you now when you were born? Because this was a forced... Uh, birth it sounds like through this yes. ceremony yes which is very important is very important in the mind control because premature babies are extremely if they live they are very strong mentally they're fighters and so they you would have been what seven months by my calculation i was born on march 15th and i was supposed to have been born on may 28th yeah that so was the due date yeah yeah so uh 
several hours later, after mother had made an altar and, and give me to the Lord, she said she went back to bed. She just held me to her breast. She said, you were so tiny, honey. I could have put your head inside of a tiny teacup. And she said, you were so tiny. All I knew was to hold you and to trust the Lord that he would spare your life. And she said, I was so weak at that point. She said, a few hours later, your father did return to the house. And uh, he realized that you had been born. So he went to get his mother. And they put me in a uh, shoebox with a water bottle with cotton over it and put me in the oven to keep me warm. Mother said when they touched me, my skin would bleed. I had no fingernails really and no toenails and no hair. And I said to her, well, how could have, oh my goodness, that must have been a sight, right? But uh, four days later, uh, my dad called the physician and the doctor in and he said, this baby can't make it. There's no way this baby can make it. And he was surprised that I had already made it for four days. And my father told the physician, if she dies, you die. So I guess you better make sure she doesn't die any minute. <laughs> and so at that point, the physician, the physician decided to see what they could do to help me. Uh, my mother gave me two drops of milk from her breast every two hours. And they, they kept me in the oven for, I think it was eight weeks. And at that point, I weighed three pounds and two ounces, I think is what my mother told me. Somewhere three, two, three, four, something like that. And the doctor decided then at that point that uh, maybe they'll take me to the hospital. And they were just coming out with incubators. And they did put me in an incubator and I stayed there till I was five pounds. Uh, sister, you know, if I could just ask at this point, because it, it's a really important one. The Lord came to your mother yes. while the umbilical cord was attached. Everything was there. So, and she dedicated you to the Lord. But later, you know, your your father comes home and this and that. And I'm just wondering, and maybe you don't have the answer to this, but I'm wondering if they knew that their uh, attempted, you know, the moon ceremony, the demonology mm-hmm. had been broken at this point. Did they sense anything in the spirit? Are you aware of that? Uh, my mother could not remember anything after that. She, this is basically all my mother told me. I can't share anymore because okay. my mother didn't. She said some skeletons need to stay in the closet, honey. <laughs> so we did not I never asked her any more questions at that point because she was quite elderly mm-hmm. thank you but, um, so you're you're in the hospital now you're in the incubator till right. you're five pounds right so they brought me back to the home and they made a sterile room for me and my father took care of me in the sterile environment my dad began to program me uh, I, I, I followed his voice with my eyes, uh, over time. He let my mother, uh, breastfeed me four times a day, but only as he supervised it because he did not want me to bond with my mother. She was there only for feeding. Uh, I was to bind solely with my father, which I did. 
I solely, he controlled my bladder, he controlled my heart, he controlled my breathing, he controlled my blood pressure. Uh, I had to have a bowel movement on, a, on just one word that he might say. Uh, he totally controlled me, totally, from the time I was little. I never knew anything else. So this this is I've never heard this before, but it, it suddenly makes so much sense. So right from that age, so he's actually programming your functions mm -hmm. to be susceptible, and I and, and I guess then obviously it goes deeper because as soon as I know from training my dog, as soon as you can get a switch uh, done in in my dog, for instance, <laughs> then you can yeah. control their behavior. Yeah, and so this is. These are the steps and the relentless efforts they do right from a newborn baby. In the womb of its mother. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Just incredible. Yes, it is. Jesse, you have any questions, honey? I think you're doing amazing. And I think, oh, okay. um, yeah, if you want to continue, just go ahead yes. and continue. So. And I was kept in this sterile situation and my older sister, um, she was not even allowed to see me until I was nine months old. She was not allowed to go into this sterile room and see her baby sister and she so wanted to see me. She so wanted to see what I was all about, but she was not allowed to interact with me either. So he stripped me of my family unit. Mm -hmm. I didn't, couldn't have my mother. And, uh, oh, the other thing is he did, when my mother would nurse me, mother said that she found this extremely strange. And, of course, when she told me this, I never let her know that I knew why he did it. But she said that he he uh, made blankets and he put a hole in the blanket that would, so her breast could come be exposed through that hole to nurse me. But he did not want me to have any skin contact because he didn't want me to bond with her. He didn't want me to feel her heartbeat. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they wanted this, everything to be superficial. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And my mother said, I don't understand why why he did this. He didn't, and she says, well, I said, mother, who knows why dad did things? You know, he did so many things. Uh, I said, he must have had his own reason. I just left it at that because my mother was in her 70s and she didn't need to be worried. and and uh concerned about it anymore yeah you know so so how did things go as he continued to raise you and train you into this um system well i i came under the um the framework of uh, joseph mangler and dad they seem to have had some type of competition who was going to outdo who? And uh, but my programming started in the womb, and um, it's really difficult to know where to go because it's such a broad subject. But I was praying the other morning, and the Lord showed me something that I really, honestly, had not remembered. And I just started weeping and I thought, boy, the love of God, how he creates the child's mind to be creative. 
But you see, a child that's raised in witchcraft only has three choices. Die, go insane, or become a multiple. That's their only three choices. There are no other choices. So, for me, because I'd already been conditioned by my father's voice, they programmed me under the authority of Joseph Mengele. But I think this is really important because my uncle had just returned from World War II. And uh, he had been overseas. I think it was three and a half, four years. And he had bought it. I think it was a Buick. It was a, I remember it as a green car, one of those big old bulky things. And he was so excited that he came to the house. Remember, now, my uncle was uh, my mother's baby brother. And they were very, very close. And uh, he had come to the house to show off his new car that he had saved his money during World War II when he served in the service. And uh, he wanted to take us all for a drive. But we had just come home from church, so we had something to eat. And I remember sitting at the table going, I don't like this man. I didn't know him. He had never done anything to me, but he was a man. And you have to understand that the mind, when a child is being programmed and its mind is splitting, shattering, there are no amnesic walls until they're seven years old. So I had light side, dark side, whatever side they wanted to produce in my mind was all together. So I knew all of my parts. They knew me and I talked to all of my parts. And we weren't separated from each other until I think I was six or six and a half, seven years old before the amnesic walls clicked in. And that's really important to understand. So when my uh, uncle was at the table with my mother having a late lunch, I feared him because I didn't know him and I didn't trust him. My dark side was terrified of him because that meant danger for us. Well, after I didn't say anything at the table and mother wanted to know why I didn't talk and I said I had nothing to say. I was just really quiet and I got shy and timid and I just didn't have anything to say because in my mind I was processing what's going on. I'm only four years old. Why are they taking my sisters and why are they taking my, why is this man taking my mother somewhere to kill her, to hurt her? Because that's what I was told. If I ever talked or told, they would kill my mommy and my sisters. So of course at four years old, I'm trying to process this, right? So we get into the car and in those days, when you opened up a car door, it flew out the, the other direction. Well, mother was in the front seat and Burl and them were laughing, but I felt danger. I just knew he was taking my mother to kill her. I must have done something really bad for my dad to want my mother dead. And I was terrified he was going to kill my mother. So I opened up the door to flee. And when I did, I fell out. And my mother turned around as I was being thrown from the car door. And I was under the Greyhound bus and my mother pleaded the blood of Jesus. Well, at this time we were going down Highway 99 out of Salem, Oregon towards Seattle North. And we were going 60, Willard said we were going 65 miles an hour and we were, it was raining like 
heavy rain. And we're in a two-lane highway go, coming and going. Said it took 25 minutes for him to be able to find a spot to turn around. By the time they came back to look for me, they could not find me. And so Willard thought that I had probably got, uh, you know, scattered on the highway by that Greyhound bus. But my mother said, no, she's okay. She, we'll find her. Jesus has got her. Because mother always hung on to the promises of God. My mother didn't understand my father. She knew. She loved him. My mother loved my father. But she didn't understand his dark side. But see, my father would come and go. Like turning a water faucet on and off. He'd come and go. He's here and he's gone. Three days, six weeks, month. Uh, she couldn't rely on him. And when he was good, he was very, very good. And when he was bad, Lord help us all. My mother married my father three times to try to live with him because she loved him. But she couldn't, she didn't understand him because he also was a multiple. He was just not um, fine tuned. When you say a multiple, can you tell me what that is? Well, a multiple is where the mind a child a child in order to save itself to protect itself from the from the pain the trauma the infant child itself can cannot tolerate the pain it it hides it brings it makes other parts of itself to do the work that it cannot do. So when the mind splinters, it's making many fragments of itself, of the core self. You always have the core, which is the infant, but they put the core to sleep, generally into a coffin, but that core essence is still very much alive. So when the core essence can't deal with the trauma, it makes other parts of itself to to protect itself from what is happening. Is that clear? It, it's kind of like a hard, like if you had a hard drive in a computer system, um, you know, that hard drive can have different pieces to it or different programs. So, mm -hmm. you know, if the mind splits so that it could be, you know, multiple individuals, each piece of the mind only holds one personality one individual um so it could be like having you know many people inside one mind and mm -hmm. the person believes that there are all these other people but they don't always like you said you know there comes a point where they have no conscious memory of the other members of their mind mm -hmm. um another one could be you know compared to an actor like you know only a multiple has no conscious awareness that mm -hmm. they have all these different roles right. or lives that they play. Um, they have a lot of different cover lives, but they only consciously will be aware of one at a time and they don't know the others exist. And they can't always, the majority of them can't control when that alter or other personality gets turned on or off. Mm -hmm. Like in your situation, your father 
could say a word or do an action and it would switch you to a different altar based on mm -hmm. what he wanted you to do and right. you would have no control over that that's wow. true i was 45 years old before i ever knew anything was wrong at all because i had a my french system uh i i was a minister's wife i was ordained uh, I'd been a Christian all my life for what I knew. I loved the Lord. I was saved at four years old. Um, Maybe go into a little bit of that, how, because um, you went, you were, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but you were raised in a church, weren't you, or with Christian values? Yes. Um, in light of what your father was doing with the dark side right. behind and Jesse, I, I want to go into that, but I and just as a just a kind of follow up on this multiple thing, this is how they achieve posture. Yes, that you right. talk about. This is how posture is achieved. So this comes in really important into the segue that Jesse just asked about you being raised in a Christian church and being ordained and everything, but you're you're holding that's your posture essentially. Yes. Yes. Tell us about that, Cisco. Well, I knew nothing except my mother was, I never knew what it was to have alcohol in my home. I never knew, I never heard my mother ever say a slang word. I never ever saw my mother drunk or in any way did my, my mother was a Christian. My grandmother was a spirit-filled Christian and my aunts were spirit-filled Christians. I knew nothing except Pentecost. I didn't wear earrings. I didn't wear makeup. I didn't wear jeans or slacks. Uh, I mean, we lived what we believed. What you know, we believed that women were to be women. And uh, I was twenty. I'm sorry. I was sixteen years old when I saw my first movie. Wow. Alfred Hitchcock and the Birds. No, no, Goldfingers. Goldfingers, that's what it was. Goldfingers scared me to death. I got on my knees and asked the Lord to forgive me. I just knew I was going to go to hell. I just knew it. Oh, how could I put, put that garbage in my mind? You know, and then the second movie I ever saw was uh, Jaws. I was 26, I believe. I mean, my life was in God. My life was in the church. My life was in my ministry. My life was my children, my family, and I knew nothing else. So Cisco, that, that was your posture and you knew nothing else, but at the same time, you're in the system. So I'm do in you the have system. a collection of what you were doing in the system and what you were programmed to do? Well, I was programmed, the plan of the Illuminati was that I would be a mother of darkness, that I would rule and reign with the Antichrist. I was his bride. Just as God has a bride, Satan has a bride that is to rule and reign with him uh, during the tribulation. That was my purpose and my goal, was to rule and reign in the demonic realm. Because, see, we have power in us. The reason why the wheel of bloodline was so important... <laughs> was because, excuse me, as the reason the, the Wheeler bloodline was so important was because 
of the dominion that we have over the principalities of darkness. God has given us as children, those that are, are of the righteous seed and those that are born again. We have the ability to rule and conquer and be overcomers in Christ Jesus. But we also understand the demonic realm where we can take authority over the demonic realm because a lot of your Collins bloodline, they weren't human. They had no authority. So they had to bring in the Wheeler bloodline in order to have authority to rule. So when the dominions come on the face of the earth in the dark days that are ahead of us, it would be the, the Wheeler bloodline that would have the ability to control the masses. Okay, so yeah, let's just go. Well, let me you break just, it down just a little bit. This, this, this <laughs> is, hold on. This is a bombshell, okay? This is a bombshell that you just dropped. And I think a lot of people, even our audience, is going to be shocked by this. First of all, they should be shocked that I've got two mothers of darkness here who Christ has redeemed and is using to shed his light on the world. Thank you, Jesus, first of all. Yes, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. But you said, Cisco, that a lot of that bloodline is not human. I want our audience to understand that statement. It's within the DNA. Through the generations, many of them have gone from a two-strand DNA to a three-strand DNA. And you're, you're dealing with the Nephilim bloodline back to Cain. When, when the fallen angels mated with humans. Right. And through the generational, because it's spirit controlled, demonically controlled, the DNA is tampered with. And that's where you get your uh, vampirism, your werewolves. This is all linked to the bloodlines. And they're real. That, that's what you're saying. Very real, yes. Now, they, in, in order to survive, they had to bring in the pure bloodline, which see. Well, we could talk. So part of it Go is ahead, that with that, um, you know, it goes all the way back to Satan's original agenda that he plans to, you know, be God and usurp the mm -hmm, throne of God. Mm -hmm. In order to do that, he has to get his demonic hosts mm -hmm. into human bodies because... Mm -hmm. When he and the demons were cast from heaven, they lost all of their authority and dominion. Right. But right. we, you know, what does Genesis 1 and 2 say? Um, the Lord gave man dominion over the dominion. earth. Mm -hmm. So when this demonic spirits connect with us, it allows them to have authority and dominion over certain areas of mm -hmm. the earth and then build spiritual strongholds yes. and through that they can you know create their strongholds of wickedness um but they need the human authority right that's the and we keep right. telling people how powerful you actually are as a listener as i i keep saying if you knew how powerful you are you would never have a bad thought again this is right. and this is why 
you know, the Lord destroyed the Nephil, the majority of the Nephilim through the flood with Noah's days. But what happened was that you had, you know, Noah and his sons were pure. They didn't have uh, the mix of the Nephilim blood, um, but their wives carried those genes um, repressively, which is what I believe. And so then what happened was, you know, as because this goes all the way back into Canaanite times, mm -hmm. they began to then, um, you know, breed and purposely try to, you know, breed children that would ha have stronger and stronger of those Nephilim genes that remain. Mm -hmm. So Cisco and I are like a mix of, you know, out of the 14 bloodlines, you know, we're like a mix of 10 or more of these bloodlines and that perfected, you know, how does it manifest? It manifests through our, our high level spiritual gifts, you know, which are in the discern, the spiritual discernment, the prophetic, the intercession. So those are, you know, they will test children um, through their blood, through their uh, different testing systems. To, yes what their spiritual gifts are and that's how they determine those things so um yeah both of us came from that very high level um you know our family lines cross in that that we both were you know the majority of our relatives were very high level in the system so it, and this is so important first of all you know i'm thinking of the song there's nothing but the blood of jesus nothing but the blood of jesus it's always been about the blood it's the blood all, for centuries and centuries and thousands mm -hmm. of years mm -hmm. and and the life is in the blood and satan knows this satan knows the bible better mm -hmm. than you and i satan has infiltrated everywhere we go mm -hmm. and you know, the mothers of darkness, you're essentially going to hand the, the system over to the Antichrist in the final ceremonies was your purpose. Yeah. Sister. And because you and Jesse share such a, 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 like if this is this is an absolute miracle to have the two of you together and what, how God has orchestrated this time, because it, this is his time for humanity. Mm -hmm. We are in the great harvest, ladies and gentlemen. And he's using these two ladies, and and he's allowed me to just have a, a front row seat here, I guess, as part of this. But I, I wanted to make that point really clear. It's the authority that you have being born as a child of God. Yes. The humans yes. do not have the authority. They need That's to right. use humans. So, Cisco, having said that, and thank you for saying that, being trained for a mother of darkness, uh, we've had Jesse's testimony on here, and we don't need to get into the ghoulish details, but did you have some of the similar experiences in the training with what, seeing so much death and things like that growing up? Yes, I did. Yes. And it's on a massive scale, right? Yeah. Like it's, it's yeah. not, it's not yeah. small. No. And, pe and people are wondering if there's the kids in tunnels, if Jesse's making this stuff up. No, if they, it's real. If they have it's a breeder real. program, if they if they use the adrenochrome, yes. this is all real. It's uh, all real. Hollywood, it's all real. are they are they foretelling? Are they telling you the story? They're putting their modus operandi out using these movies. Yes, I would say so. So and everything, everything Jesse has told you is true. 
And there'll always be those that will doubt her testimony. There'll always be those that call her a liar, say that she's, you know, not honest in the things that she says, but that's not true. Because Jesse knows who Jesus is. And I'll tell you the most important thing in both of our lives, and yours too, Jeff, and the Christians that are out there, there's only one thing that matters. Only what we do for Christ will last. And I'll tell you what, there isn't a lie big enough out there for me to sell my soul. There's not a lie out there to big enough to keep me out of the kingdom of God. I want to see my Lord. I, I'm homesick for heaven. I want to see Jesus face to face. And so does Jesse. There isn't, we, the price that we've paid is nothing compared to what God has prepared for those that love him. Amen. And I am so grateful for Jesse as a little girl. Let me tell you, she had a spark in her. She had a spark in her that Satan couldn't still. He couldn't have her because God said no. He, she, God given, and I had an appointed time to reveal to the world the truth. Because only as the world begins to, un, to understand the things that she is sharing with you are true, can you ever understand the tools of the enemy? You will never understand Satan and his devices until you get to the root. And the only way, you, and what do we do with the root? We cut it. We cut it. And how do we cut that root? That's what I say. How do we cut the root? By revealing the truth. And let me tell you, we stand before God for every word we say. Every word, we're accountable for every word to the Lord and to the Holy Spirit. I don't take what I say lightly. It's not easy. It's well, not I have easy. known since the very first time I heard Jesse that she was speaking the truth because everything yes. made sense to me all of a sudden. My entire journey kind of made sense at that point. And, uh, and, and Cisco, you sharing this, now you said Jesse as a little girl, and I want to keep this about you, Cisco, not okay. about Jesse, because okay. Jesse's had this platform for a long time. Okay. But you knew her as a young girl. Yes. Tell me, tell me about that. I was her protector, her guardian. I was to teach her what I was supposed to do. Was I was responsible for the mind control for the programming to make sure she was ready uh, for the programming so that they could uh, continue to use her in the way, in the plans they had for her for the future. I set the stage. Wow. So you went through all this training to basically repeat it and teach it to her. To help it to be, not to, no, not to teach her the programming, to become the programmer for her. I right. Was my point was you were programmed first and then you were going to duplicate the programming in you in her. I was the assistant to set it up for Joseph Mangle or the, it wasn't Joseph for her, but for other programmers for her. Yeah. To set the stage. And what was to the, her to watch? I was to watch her, to groom her, prepare her for the role of motherhood to be the mother of darkness, to prepare her, to know her. You have to be really careful with this. Um, you have to know the ins and outs of your role. 
you have to know. A good way would be to say to live out the role or to perform the role that I was supposed right. to perform. Right. Yeah. Now, because because you share this, uh, and we do have new listeners, and this is going to be a wake up call for so many. Cisco, tell us what a mother of darkness does. The mother of darkness goes through the deepest recesses of hell itself. It is responsible for the demonic realm, which governs and covers the world as a whole within the four corners of the world. Uh, I have to be really careful how I say this. We're responsible. We were responsible for opening and shutting portals into the heavenly realm. Uh, to bring forth the dark entities that are ready and prepared to set up the new world order, the Antichrist to take his throne. We were responsible to know how to open those gates. And also the authority that they have is they govern over those that think they're in authority. We are the rulers. The mothers were the rulers. The rulers. And when you say you go down to the deepest parts of hell, you were taught and Jesse was taught how to go enter into that spiritual realm. Yes. And interact with the actual demons. Yes. We were the gatekeepers. The gatekeepers. And there's supposed to be what five mothers? Uh, yes. So this is a question, and by the way, uh, just don't say anything if I'm out of line with this, okay? Uh, there's certain things, ladies and gentlemen, that cannot be answered, and I think this might be safe to answer. At least there might be a safe way to answer it. With you two not fulfilling your roles as mothers of darkness, are there two others standing in your place? No. There were no successors. We were the last generation. And this has gone on for hundreds of years, centuries, the Mothers of Darkness role. There were no successors to Cisco or Jesse. To my knowledge, I'm not aware of it. Well, you would have had to bring in your success. Well, you would have been probably beheaded by well, your successor. You have to be beheaded by the successor, and I wasn't beheaded, so therefore I don't believe there was. Ladies and gentlemen, God has his own timing, but Cisco, the, the, what we're seeing right here revealed right now is the timing of Satan. God has his own timing. God is sovereign. But you're seeing the plans of the most evil one, the fallen one who's wreaked havoc around this world for since the beginning. Since the since the garden, he's wreaked havoc, but it's only been by permission of God. Yes, that's right. Only been by permission of God. God loved you so much, he gave you free will. Yes. He doesn't force right. you to become a child of God. That's right. he, does, he doesn't force you. But ladies and gentlemen, listen to this and choose. Listen to this and choose. Choose you this day. Do you, sir? There's no, there's no middle ground, folks. 
I don't want to see you go to hell. And hell is a real place. They've been yes. there. Yes. I shared on a show we taped earlier that that I've seen it. I haven't been there, but I've seen it. But I've also seen, well, I haven't seen True Heaven. I haven't been to the throne room like Jesse or possibly Cisco. But I did walk with Jesus in the thousand-year reign. He showed me. I walked with him. Something I haven't shared on air before. But I walked with him. He is real. Yes, he is. Oh, taste and see that God is good. Yeah. I can't tell you. When I look back over my life and the years it took to be deprogrammed, my goodness how God loved us. What a mighty God we serve, the love that covered us. You know, I never understood while my father was in uh, Oklahoma City in the veterans hospital dying of cancer. And I came into the, I hadn't seen him for years, many years. And I came into the room and he was furious when he saw me. Um I wasn't the only one that had come to the hospital. It was my younger sister, which is uh, my father's daughter, too. And then there was Leona Sue, who was her older daughter, which was a, another child uh, that I wasn't aware of until I was 45, that he had all these other siblings. But anyway, <laughs> that's neither here or there. Um, he came up out of that bed, IVs running, tubes in his nose, come up out of that bed, grabbing me by the throat, saying, I hate you, and I hate that God in you, and I hate your mother's God, and I hate your grandmother's God. Because of your God, I failed. Because of your God, I never was able to achieve the goals I had for you and for the generations to come. I hate your God. And you have to realize I was absolutely taken back because I didn't know what the man was talking about. I had no memories of my past. Yeah. I went to church all my life. I didn't know what in the world is wrong with my dad. I mean, I have traveled 3,000 miles for him to tell me that he hates my God. Wow. Okay. Okay. Well, last week when I started telling you, the last week the Lord brought it back to my memory that, you know why he hated your God? He hated you, but he hated the God in you because you were an overcomer. From your womb, you were an overcomer in Christ Jesus. I covered you while you were being born with the blood of Jesus. I covered you with my wings in that secret place of the Most High God. I covered you when you were in that oven. I covered you when you were in that incubator when most babies that were were put in incubators were blind and I had 20-20 vision. Woo! All through my whole entire life, no matter how many times my father tried to infiltrate our home and my mother would take us and hide us and protect us, God was always there in the storm. Mm -hmm. He was yeah. always there in the storm. And, you know, I want to bring this up, and I think it's really important that you understand the creativity of a child's brain. God has given us a child creativity. And we have a choice as parents and grandparents and friends and neighbors to either cultivate good seed or bad seed with that creativity. That's right. And in the occult, when they were programming me, my mother had taken me to the river and it was a summer night. And I was, I remember I was really close to four 
somewhere, you know, it's kind of hard to judge age when you're only four, but I knew I hadn't gone to school yet. So we were at the river and there was these bullfrogs and they were bass singers, man, they could carry on and they were carrying on and all oh, the noise of the river was so beautiful. And I got so excited about the frogs jumping in the trees and I was going after the frogs and I wanted to put them in my pocket. And I thought this was just absolutely so great. I love these frogs. My mother made me empty out my pockets and I couldn't take them home. Oh my goodness, you know the old scenario. But anyway, <laughs> uh, when it came time for them to program me and the pain got too much, my little creative mind made bullfrogs. I had hundreds of little bullfrogs. And you know what I did? When the pain got too much for me, I leaped out of my body just like a bullfrog and hovered over my body and watched Joseph Mangle and my father tor torture me and traumatize me. I watched it and I would flatline so they couldn't torture me anymore because I'd flatline. But I took my little frogs with me and then when it was safe, I'd bring them back. And when I needed them, I'd flatline. I'd jump out of my system and watch them hover over my body. And, and another thing that happened, I remember this before, it was preschool. And uh, I had gone to Sunday school. And uh, it was called Children's Church. And her name was Etta. And uh, <laughs> she was talking about the Trinity. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. And she was talking about the love of God how, and, and how Jesus died. And she's talking about the Holy Spirit. And she had brought in, it was in those days we had uh, some type of sticker on the back of the photos. And you'd stick it to the back of the board. But it was a great big old dove. It was so beautiful. And I was so excited as she talked about the dove and how the dove fell on uh, Jesus when he was baptized by John. And I remembered this vividly the other day. And um, I was so excited. And she went over to the counter to the left and she pulled out a box and out comes a beautiful dove flying. It was flying over the room and she let all of us little children touch this dove. I love this dove. It was white. It was beautiful. It was so beautiful. And I was a little girl that was so excited about holding this beautiful dove and, and acknowledge that this is what the Holy Spirit is. It's gentle. And it's like a dove. It loves us. And I mean, I digested every word this teacher told us. Is I digested it. I was so excited about knowing about the Holy Spirit and the love of God and about this dove. And they let us hold it. I remember kissing its nose. And I would pet it. And I didn't want to give it back to her. But she told me that it's okay. It's okay. I have to put it back in the box, but there'll be another time. But remember, the dove is always with you. Jesus is always with you. And I always remember that. Well, then, so when they had taken me in to reprogram me, and I had reached that place of where I could handle no more of the trauma, I made doves as my altar. <laughs> and I think I made a lot of them. I mean, I made so many doves, and they don't like you to splinter like that, but I did. And the Lord, the creativity. So I took Jesus with me in my programming everywhere I went. I, from then on, every time they programmed me, I took my doves with me. 
the Holy Spirit went with me. At a subconscious level, at a soul level, my doves, the Holy Spirit was always with me, always with me. And they couldn't win. And I began to, so it was the other night or the other day when the Lord said, now you understand why your father said the words he said to you that he hated you. He hated the Holy Spirit in you. And he had failed. Yeah, I'd like to share just a little bit here. And uh, Cisco, you can stop me if it's too much. But I just want to bring out just how amazing God was in his majesty with that, that, you know, he took you as a little girl. And what the enemy meant for evil, God gave you, I guess we could just call them all these little back channels, you Mm -hmm. know, so creatively, you know, you through song, through things that children would use in their relationship with God. Mm-hmm. You built all these safe back places, you know, in mm-hmm. in your program that you were able to access. Yes. And then, you know, those same things, you know, um, later the Lord allowed you to use so that I was hidden from them and you know, um, was not able to be programmed. And in fact, it gave me the tools that I was able to set people free through that. Like Mm -hmm. people who were programmed. I can remember over and over, you would tell me, you know, never forget Jesus is the deprogram. Mm -hmm. And, you know, so that became a way then where the Lord was using that you know, using both of us within that system and at the same time, bringing people out. And, um, you know, it it started with that surrender. You know, there was, there was one other mother, I'm not going to say her name, but we both know, you know, there was one other mother in the seventies who came out and Mm -hmm. gave her life to Jesus. Mm -hmm. And that was kind of the catalyst that then the Lord, you know, began to continue that, there were no more successors and he began to save those even at the very top who were serving Satan. And, you know, we became the evangelist for the other, Mm -hmm. you know, the other mothers, the other high level people in the system. And our refusal was a blatant statement, you know, that we were not going to do what Satan intended. And, you know, that we had another purpose, a higher purpose that the Lord Mm -hmm. had called us to and, you know, we can't stop what's scriptural or what's God's will that, you know, he has allowed that Satan's mm-hmm. kingdom will have a certain time to reign. And, and we know the Antichrist will rise, mm-hmm. but we also know that he's overcome. He's yes. his, the, the enemy doesn't get his way into the heavenly realms, no. No. the God's throne room. You know, everything will come to an end here on earth mm-hmm. because that's what the Lord has ordained you know, is that that last battle will be here on the earth. And then the Lord will bring an end to all things and make all things new. That's right. To God be the glory. Yes. In that time when it happens, and I, first of all, I just want to say again, the enemy lays his plans out there. God has thwarted his plans. Look at the two ladies on the screen. God has thwarted his plans. Now the enemy is still going to go ahead and proceed Maybe not quite the way he wanted to. Who knows what will happen there. But God is sovereign and in yes. control 
of yes. this whole thing. And and I forget the exact scripture, but essentially it says, you know, when we when all things are revealed to us, yes. we're gonna see Satan and say, That really? Mm -hmm. That that <laughs> yes. Like he's not even the most powerful angel, right? Yes. Like he—he's—he's. He's, well, okay. I—I'm asking. Actually, I'm asking. Realm. I said that as a statement, yeah, but I'm he asking. Is, he is the most feared in that region. He feared. You know, the most feared. Yeah. He's yes. the. As far as I know, I don't believe there was any as high as him who walked. Um, like, he was almost considered one of the seraphim because. He yeah. could walk and dwell in the fire of God's presence. Yes. It's not all the, the other ones weren't able to do that. They couldn't be in the glory of God's presence. Right. Um, and that's why he thought he could become God. Well, he walked among the coals, and in the coals was the revelation knowledge that yeah. was before him. So in the coals, he its revelation knowledge continued to grow. And that's where as he walked in the coals is when he realized, who is this man? What is this man that you're going to create that is higher than the angels? And is, if people don't realize the importance of that. Wow. So, so first, okay. Th this is huge again. <laughs> you get, Cisco, I, Cisco, I love you. I, I Jesse knows I love her. I love you as well. And not, not just for being on the show, but for your bravery, honestly, and what you're doing. So you said, it, so this is a huge revelation of why Satan became upset and wanted to become That's like what God the jealousy himself. was all because, about, yes. Because he, he was jealous. God. Yes. Who is this man so, that you're going to create that is higher than me? But okay, so okay, yes. th that's that's the point I want to get to. But you mm -hmm. said when he was in the coals, As he, he was getting revelation. What revelation are the tell, knowledge? Tell us what the coals are. Tell well, us the where they the are, fire, what they are. That's the eternal life force of God himself. That is, the coals are the fire. The fire of the living word of God. It is everything, the essence of who God is. The eternal uh, things continually grow. That's the power of creation. The spoken word. In the beginning was the word, the word was, and the word is God. It is God himself. In the coals came revelation knowledge. And that's where he continually, uh, Lucifer continued to grow himself. In that revolution, revelation knowledge, music was given to him. And that music was given to him to spread through the whole world, through the universe, through the galaxy. It was like an echo chamber, chamber as he revealed God's plan was like an echo chamber through the universe. But then he stepped into the coals one day and he realized, who is this man you're going to create that's higher than me? And it's just under you. And has a living soul. What is this man? Who? Look it up. I think, yeah. the verse. Um, mm -hmm. It talks about it in, uh, let me see if it will say, uh, Ezekiel 28 is the chapter where it talks about the fiery stones that Satan walked upon mm -hmm. in God's presence. Yeah. I never understood it though. Wow. That's the creational force that created the world, the universes. 
the angelic forces. God? Wow. Revelation the knowledge. Glory. Oh. Yes, the glory, the Shekinah glory. Yeah, the Shekinah glory. Mm -hmm. You're speechless, Jeff. <laughs> it's beautiful, isn't it? You've painted such a beautiful picture for me. Oh, my God. Oh, the love of God. The love of God is so great. Thank you, God. And, and yeah. wow. wow. But envy, jealousy entered into his heart when he realized that Adam, Adam had a soul. And he was going to be higher than the angels. That's what jealousy entered into his heart. But I want to say something. The Lord just brought it back to me. When Satan fell and he took a third of the ministering angels with him, it was a thought of rebellion. And in that thought, they were separated from the love of God and was cast out. When Adam and Eve fell in the garden, it was a thought. And they used to walk and talk with God in the garden in the cool of the evening. God would come down and have fellowship with them. But in that thought, they didn't know what sin was. It was a thought. Those, as we face the years that are ahead of us with the new world order and the antichrist ruling and reigning, that mark that you take is going to come with a thought. Be careful with your thoughts because in that, if you have the wrong thought, you'll take that mark and it'll be too late. Sin always comes with a thought. Be careful. That's right. Very good. Yeah. Be careful. To be separated from the love of God. Satan, the third of the ministering angels, were separated from the love of God. They were separated from him, never to know his presence again. Adam and Eve were separated. They had to, they came under the law. It wasn't until grace was their salvation. And if you take that mark, you'll be separated for eternity from the love of God. Be careful with your thoughts. So I, I'm, I'm hearing something prophetically right now. What I'm hearing is our audience screaming, saying, do you know what the mark will look like? At one time I did. I even used, I, I learned I have to pull it back up into my mind. At the moment, I don't. It's something Jewish, though. Well, it's going to come know, out Jesse? in the synagogue of Satan. We know I, that. I do agree. I do agree. It's a breath. It. It's what we it's call not the key of Solomon. The breath marks. Yeah. The breath marks of God. So it's yeah. one of the, one of the is or Hebrew breath marks of God. Yeah. Yeah. I know it's on the forehead or on the yes. hand. Yeah. Yeah. Right. When you say breath marks, the, the people don't understand it's that term, Jesse. To explain it, if you look at Hebrew writing, you have uh, letters like Yod, which kind of just looks like a little mm -hmm. like semicolon. The um, pre-Canaanite uh, Israel yeah. alphabet. Yeah, yes. it's very Jewish. Uh, so that yeah, would, 
that is uh, very similar to the breath marks uh, look a lot. They're variations of like how the letter Yod would look in mm -hmm. Hebrew. Um, and um, they're spoken in in a in breath. I don't know how to say that any better, but it, it's a whole language that it's just it's spoken as you breathe in, as you breathe out. Um, it doesn't have any, you know, teeth or uh, lips that form the letter or the sound that comes out. So it's considered a breath sound. Um, so when someone, it, like because fire, it's going to be a choice. Fire is a, is a breath. Like when you see a raging fire and you see the pieces coming up, that's, that's a, a breath. That's a great, that's a great, a great explanation. So when, when people are given this choice, it's going to be a thought that precedes the sin, but will there be a physical action or is it just a thought? And then this thing appears on you with, with a thought, there always has to be an action, whether good or bad. So people will knowing people have to knowingly make the choice, right? But of right. course, Satan is going to give a bribe of some kind, and we don't know exactly what that is. I think I got an idea, but he's going to—he's going to. There's going to be a compelling reason for a lot of people on the earth to accept this mark. Yes, it's going to be. Oh, I, I believe that. Um, with what we're dealing now with the vaccine, fear-based. It's all fear-based. This is no more than a test run for the Antichrist in the mark. It's a test I, run. It's all I, it believe, is. I believe fear that based. wholeheartedly. Fear-based. And they're, they're it's like taking a survey. How many people are going to take some experimental thing, you know? Uh, but mm -hmm. And by the way, they're already preaching you won't be able to buy or sell without taking that experimental drug in your arm. Okay. So they're going to see how many people will acquiesce to it and just right. trust the propaganda because you're right, this is a test. This, this is, is getting test. people is ready right. for the mark. And look how many people are following following in. Satan celebrating right now. Right. It's sad because it's a genocide. And uh, it is. You know, I remember my grandmother saying to me, I was a young woman. <coughs> In fact, I was in Shakota, Oklahoma, and I was in the, they owned a restaurant, and I was in the back helping her cook. And I said something to her, and she's, she was correcting me, and she said, honey, ignorance is never bliss. Well, I'm 16 years old, and I don't understand what you're trying to tell me, Grandma. She says, honey, ignorance is never good. It doesn't come with happiness. Satan always uses falsehoods to come through the back door of your life. Mm -hmm. nope. Ignorance is not bliss. It is not something happy. Taking these shots without looking into what is involved within these shots. You know what I'm saying? Read between the lines here, I guess. Um, I haven't you done your own research. 
Why are you the blind lead the blind? And the scripture says they all fall into the ditch. Yep. And you know what? I'll just extend that thought. Uh, we Again, I'm pro-church, but the church has been ignorant mm -hmm. to these things. And listen, mm -hmm. even the things that are out in front in the media, yeah. the church hasn't been preaching against abortion. They don't say it from the pulpit. Right. The preacher doesn't call unrighteousness out as unrighteous in politics. No. They, the church... And when when God's remnant really rises in this Acts church mm -hmm. that uh, Jesse and I yeah. keep talking about, I know it's coming. Mm -hmm. uh, it, and I think it's going to put Acts to shame. It's greater things mm -hmm. are going to be done through us in this time. And I don't know how long the time will last, but it, it's going to happen. And, you know, the church is going to look a lot different in that day than what we've perceived the church mm -hmm. as today, mm -hmm. because mm -hmm. God's judgment is going to be in the church first. I've heard that is not my thought. I've heard lots of prophets say it, um, and I believe the prophets have brought the word of God forth, yes. and that is going to be true. Right. right. Did I uh, did I finish my conversation when I was talking about my uncle taking us for the drive? Did I finish that testimony? I can't remember. You know what? What? Anyway, they, they found you. When I fell out of the car, I was up on a 60 foot embankment when they found me. And it took the fireman, uh, Willard said, probably 25, 35 minutes to get to me because it was clay. We had that red clay in Oregon and they couldn't get to me. And my little, my little legs were dangling over the side of the mountain. And I was so happy and as if they're just a singing and talking. And when they got to me, I had a few pavement burns and I had a slight uh, uh, skull fracture, nothing serious. And my mother said, who were you talking to? And I said, I was talking to the angels, the man, mama, the mans, the mans. I call them mans because remember, I'm four years old. The mans. She says, what man? She says, I said, the two mans, they were up there talking to me. They were telling me Jesus loved me and that Jesus would always be with me and he would always cover me with the wings of his love. And Mama says, and who are the wings of the love? And I said, the angel's wings will always cover me, Mommy. The angel's wings are going to protect me. They'll always go with me. That's what they told me, Jesus said. I'm four years old and I remember it as clear as if it was yesterday. How big is God? Yeah, there's no bounds to the miracles and to, you know, his love for us. Yeah. The physics of that, a four-year-old jump basically falls out of a car at 65 miles an hour on an interstate in pouring, pouring rain, ends up not going over a 60-foot escarpment, but sitting there and despite having road burns and everything else, is sitting there singing praises to God with angels. Mm-hmm. And I was my when mother turned around and pleaded the blood of Jesus, I was under the wheels of the Greyhound. And Uncle Willard said he he thought that I had, you know, been swallowed up by the Greyhound. You know, they'd ran over me. But my mother said, Oh no, <laughs> she's here somewhere. We'll find her. Wow. Wow. I can't count the blessings. I can't count the miracles. In my life, in my children's lives, in my grandchildren's lives, in my friends' lives, I can't count the miracles. How faithful and true my God is. 
I just say to those that are listening that do not know who Jesus is, oh, taste and see that God is good. The God that created this heaven, is heaven and earth, he said he created us out of his heart of love. Oh, what love he has bestowed upon us to call us the sons of God. Amen. To become his family. We are his family. I mean, just think what, when God created Adam and he came into the Garden of Eden to minister to Adam, he wanted to have fellowship with Adam. What does the Lord want with all of us? And we're never too young or too old. That's right. He wants to have fellowship. Fellowship, to know him as Abba Father, to know him as the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, the Prince of Peace, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father. Oh, my goodness. Cisco, there is so much more I want to get to, and, and that the, this program is meant to glorify Jesus Christ. Where you know, that's really, at the end of the day, there's nothing more important nothing than getting more. souls into heaven and getting people to wake up and do things. Would you come back again and do a couple more shows with us? I would be privileged to do that for you. Yes. And, and, and Desi, yes. And Cisco, uh, yeah, it's, it's, listen, it's, it's not, it's in service of the Lord. It's not yes. for me. It's not for Jesse. It's in service of the Lord. And this is a safe place for you, uh, yeah. you know, for sure. And I, I'm going to ask all of our listeners to really, well, first of all, support Cisco, support Jesse. Um, again, you know, just make sure you do that because it's really important. Uh, listen, people need to eat. Uh, this takes a lot of courage. And, uh, but furthermore, it's, uh, it's really on my heart. Cisco, I'm going to put you on the spot. I'm going to ask you if you'll close with a sinner's prayer to invite people into the kingdom of heaven. And I'm going to ask when she does this, because I'm assuming she's going to say yes, um, that, you know, send a, send an email to write on Jeff at gmail.com and, and put, put, that was me that accepted this prayer and put it in the comments so that uh, our moderators and that will see it. And, and, you know, we'll see it and we'll be able to pray over you and we'll be able to pray that God brings more people into your life to disciple you into the kingdom uh cisco would you lead us and lead our audience in a, in the sinner's prayer i would love to our gracious heavenly father yeshua hamashiach father god we thank you for calvary we thank you lord that you died at calvary for each and every one of us we thank you lord for the salvation plan that if we ask you will if we ask for forgiveness of our sins that you will forgive us of all of our sins and so father we ask you lord to move into the hearts of those that are listening to this program today lord i ask you lord to release the fire and the water and the wind of the holy spirit into their lives and that part of them father that was created in your image in your likeness let it rise up deep into the recesses of their heart and let them know let it come alive, Father, that they need a Savior. And Lord, I ask you, Lord, to cleanse them from all unrighteousness. Forgive us of all of our sins. Let us walk in your righteousness, Lord, and let us come to know you as Lord of our life. May we draw close to the heart of God. And Father, we know that 
it, it's not the words, but it's what we know in our hearts and our spirit that you are real. You are a living God. And through your blood at Calvary, we can be free from the fall. We can be free from the sins of yesterday. And we can come to know you as Lord and Savior of our life. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Again, thank you, Jesse. Thank you, Cisco. And if you said that prayer, you really do need to make it known. Never yes. be ashamed of Jesus Christ because he'll be ashamed of you uh, if that's the case. You know, be bold. Say, that was me in the comments. And and again, send an email to writeonjeff at uh, gmail.com. And I'll forward it over to the uh, the Jesse's ministry because she has a, a beautiful team that will pray over you as well. And, and I'll certainly say a prayer as I send it. So in the meantime, remember, love your God, love your family, love your neighbor and make a difference. Hey, Jeff, I just saw... Right on, right on, right on. This will be over in a second. Right on radio. Right on radio. Cisco, we're still live. I had already hit the button and I couldn't take it back. That's okay. Uh, There there is an individual that has listened to this program that is in his... He's a very elderly gentleman, but he has heard this program, will be hearing this program, and he thinks it's too late because he thinks his sin is too great. I want to tell you your sin is not too great. The blood of Jesus is sufficient. It's life. It's alive. It's ever living. And it'll wash your sins away. And you could be free from yesterday. But I want you to ask the Holy Spirit to let that part of you that was created in the image of God, in the likeness of God, it has been smothered out. You feel like you're dead. You feel like you've been dead for a lot of years. But that light of the eternal life force of God that's in you, that soul essence that was created in God, it is. It never dies until the breath is left your body. So there is always hope in Jesus. Ask the Holy Spirit. Ask Jesus to let that soul essence rise up out of the darkness and accept Jesus Christ as Lord. It will. It's not too late. And it's never I, too late. I had those same thoughts at one point in time, Cisco. So I'll speak to this gentleman. Okay. Uh, you know, just remember, you know, David, who God loved, David, you know, was a was an adulterer. He was a murderer. Like it doesn't get much worse, um, you know, being a murderer and an adulterer. And you know, look at Paul. Paul was murdering Christians. He was he was despised in his day. He wrote two thirds of the new testament one of the greatest saints ever it's not too late and i'll bet you the fact that you're having this trepidation god has something so amazing for you if you just choose him this day he has something so amazing for you that's why you've heard these whispers in your ears and saying you can't do it because satan and his minions are scared of your transformation so do it right now even rewind this tape and say that prayer with cisco one more time go for it do it and then be bold just say that was me in the comments because you do need it's a public declaration that you want to do and and that way we'll know we'll to send our people to pray for you but it's not too late it is cisco said it's that last breath and no one knows what your last breath is right you could be the one under a greyhound bus 
into the sea of forgetfulness. God says, and you said your family has never forgiven you and you've been alone for so many years because your family never forgave you because they didn't know how to forgive you because they don't know who Jesus is. But I'm telling you, Jesus will forgive you and he will throw your past into the sea of forgetfulness, never to be remembered before the throne of God. Whom God sets free is free indeed. And God wants to bring light, truth, and a new life. In your last years, he's seen your loneliness. He's seen your despair. But God wants to give you a refreshment, a good drink, the drink of life, eternal life. Edward, go for Jesus. Edward. Our prayers are sent before you. The path is clear. Do it now. Thank you, Cisco, for that. And, you know, any one person, God would have done it. God would have gone to the cross for just Edward. For yeah. just you, Edward. Jesus would have gone to the cross. Yeah. And listen, your family is important, obviously. But Jesus is most important. And perhaps when they see the supernatural thing that happens in your life because of the power of Jesus, they'll want some of that too. Edward, today's your day. Amen. May we always remember, Jeff and Jesse, that God created us out of his heart of love before the foundations of the earth were laid, he created us. Can you he imagine did. before the earth was created? The foundations of the earth were formed. He created us out of his heart of love. Amen. <laughs> oh, what love that God has bestowed upon us. And we don't even know it. You know, I disagree with the flat earthers, but one thing I'll agree on, we are the center of the universe. Yes. <laughs> it's, it's his people. Yes. The apple of his eye. <laughs> That's right. The apple of his eye, are we, Jesse? And the apple was round, just like the earth. <laughs> I just keep bringing on the trolls. I'm sorry. <laughs> just, I don't know why I do this. But, Cisco, what, this is, this is, this is uh, probably the most important show that, uh, that we've done, Jesse and I, together with the guest. This Thank is you. super, super good and can't wait to have you back. And, and because you, you stepped up and you brought forth Edward, that not only brought another one into the kingdom because I just know he's going to do it, but it gave me another branding opportunity. Right on, right on, right on. Right on radio. Right on radio.